0: You're listening to the Slumber Party Podcast with your host, Amanda Dusin, a mum of two girls, a child and infant sleep expert, and general sleep lover. If you're a tired parent who is desperate for answers or just someone who loves sleep, this podcast was created just for you. Each episode is packed full of tips and tricks to help you maintain your sanity as well as your social life during the early stages of parenthood. So grab your headphones. It's time to get comfy. Okay. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the slumber pod, slumber pod, the slumber party podcast. Uh, I am, uh, speaking today with Nikki. I'm kind of chuckling at myself because today is my, uh, podcast re- podcast recording day. I'm speaking to many people. So you're going to see me trip over my words and say things I don't mean for, you know, the whole episode. So, um, you know, be aware of that. <laughs> Okay. So uh, Nikki, I had you on because when you applied, you said something that really stuck with me. And I think a lot of people listening today are going to identify with this is why is everything that I'm doing with this first kid not working with the second or the third or the fourth? And um, why I want to bring it up is because there tends to be A lot of shame from parents in that like there there must be something i'm doing wrong um especially as a second or third time parent where you kind of feel like a vet and you're like yeah i got this um and and then all of a sudden especially i always find this especially with my my third time parents they're like this does not make sense (laughs) this child is a different mold from the other two i don't know what's happening um So I will let you take over. I want you to jump in and tell me everything that's going on. Um, You'll see me taking some notes as well. Uh, And then I will interject with some clarifying questions. Okay? Okay. So Awesome. um, So jump in. Awesome. Okay. So uh,
1: I had my first five years ago, and um, she was an angel. (laughs)
0: um she is
1: that kid that will convince other people to have kids um right she was an anomaly and I get that it had not a lot to do with me um it was just the (laughs) luck of the draw She, by five weeks, she slept through the night with no intervention, no issues, no, like, she would put herself to sleep. She would fuss when I would try to cuddle her. Um, And I would, so then I would just put her down in her crib and I'm like, fine. And then she'd pass out. Um, And so at five weeks, she slept eight hours. Um, And then gradually, I think by like the end of that week, she was sleeping 12 hours straight. She used a soother, but didn't like she was. She wasn't able to put it back in her mouth, (laughs) so um, she was able to figure it out. She was able to self soothe in some some other way or whatever it was. But she was her own kind of angel, perfectness.
0: Yeah, um, she was her own model.
1: Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I like that uh, that saying, I don't know the word for word, but it's um, the first kid's always best or easier, I guess, um, to convince you to have the second. And then yeah. the second will prove that you had nothing to do with how great the first one was.
0: Oh God. I really identify with, I mean, my second was pretty chilled too, but I feel like we were very, like I went back to work. We were just talking about this. We have a a contact that I, I worked with. Um, but I went back to work at four months with my first baby and I did it because I felt like I could, like I was rested again. My first baby was such a great sleeper. Um, I, I could pump well, like things are just easy. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, why do people keep asking me that? And then I had my second, <laughs> who is also by all accounts, like, quote unquote, a good baby, like, sure. you know, no colic, whatever. I hate using that term because babies are just babies. But right. th- my second comes and I was like, at four months, I was like, oh, my God, there's no way I could have done this this time. Exactly. I don't know. Now I understand why people were looking at me. It's like someone risen from the dead and they're like "Why are?" are you here? And you're like, I don't know. I just am. I'm yeah. rose from
1: the dead. <laughs> yeah. And like, especially um, now was
0: my second,
1: how he's actually sleeping like a baby. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. He, he's making like, so I've never really knew what sleep deprivation was. <laughs> yeah, And so like going into it the second time, Like it was more of, oh, we've got this. We know what we're doing. We're kind of, we can jump back in. I mean, I know that there was a five-year gap, but it was still like we had time to kind of get our daughter to where she could be a lot more independent. So it wasn't like I was raising two babies at the same time because that's another whole stress ball that I'm not willing to deal with. Um,
0: I did it. Wouldn't recommend it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And so with my first – I was volunteering because I was trying to get a job on a school board. I was in volunteering mm-hmm. um, during my mat leave and I was able to because my daughter was a great sleeper and she would sleep through the night. Yeah. Um, also, another thing, I never heard of wake windows before. I never heard of like sleep cycles. I never heard of like I've heard of mom friends with uh, Wonder, Years, uh, Wonder Weeks. With, yeah. And they would talk about the leaps and all this other stuff. And I'm like, yeah. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. She, my daughter never did sleep regressions. She just <laughs> was cruised right through it all and just aced it. Um, and yeah. then, so now that uh, my son is four months, one week, and so now going through it, I'm like, oh, I'm, I've got the app. I'm tracking this. I'm on Huckleberry. I'm trying to figure out his wake windows. I'm paying attention to his cues and I'm trying to figure out all this stuff. And I don't know now if I'm like overthinking it. <laughs> yeah, um, yep, for sure. Because there's even been a couple of days where I'm just like, okay, we're just throwing all the rules out and we're just going to be here. And yeah. they go just as smoothly <laughs> as if I'm um, kind of paying attention to any sort of week windows, hours, apps, anything yeah. like that.
0: Okay. So this is actually, I really like that you talk about that because I think um, people really focus. So there's two parts of sleep, okay? There are, um, well, and you know this as a teacher, right? When you're making modifications, there are like, uh, or, or, um Oh, what's the other word? Modification, accommodations. Okay. Thank you. When you're making accommodations, there are many types of accommodations you can make for a child. Right? Sure. There are um how we assess them. We can change that. We can change their environment. We can change uh, all of these things. Now, with uh, babies, it's kind of a similar thing. You're going to sure. have the actual behavior part, and then you're going to have um, the environment. So, and I'm, I don't want to um, play down environment, because that is very important. But what happens is, and and what I think is a disservice to moms everywhere, is that um, people don't really want to talk about the behavior aspect of sleep. Sleep is really behavioral. And sure. for some babies, and it sounds like my um, my first baby was a lot like your first baby. Like, I remember she did like three or four hour stretches from, from the jump. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. and I remember uh, someone had asked me, is she a good sleeper? And I was like, I don't know. And my friend who had three kids was like, yeah, that's amazing. I was like, oh yeah, she's a good sleeper. I don't know. So like, yes, there are some babies that come out and things are just easy or like, I think that some babies will come out and let's say you, they do go through a regression and you go into the room and you rock them a little bit that night and that's the long and the short of it and like that's it. So it's not to say that they didn't go through those things. It's more that like their temperament might be a little bit different. They may have sucked their thumb or something in the womb and then that's right back, right in there, right? So I think that there are some things that uh, that I always really want to focus on for people is like we are dealing with a person who came out of your body. And we have this idea that we uh, have anything to do with that. And there definitely is probably some DNA stuff happening. But I really and truly believe that your person comes out their person. So like... Sure. You know, my first is full of fire, good sleeper, but very much like if I don't like that you will know it. It's gonna take a long time for me to come down. That's who she is. Yeah, and my too. second is like very like, hello, D. But then when she's mad, she's so <laughs> mad and stubborn and persistent. And that is her. That has always been her. That was her as a baby. And I can think back to, to incident incidences incidences? Yep. Okay. With both of the babies where I've been like, Oh wow, you've always been this way. You've always been yourself. Um, and we can't really change that. So one of my favorite people uh, is Shafali Saberi, who uh, wrote this book. I'm looking at it, The Awakened Family. And she talks a lot about that or The Awakened Child. The idea that, you know, parents are constantly trying to, like, put their babies into, like, boxes and mold them. And, like, you will be this person. And, and like, there's only so much we can do. And I really, like... It's something that I've always felt. And then she wrote this book. I'm like, yes, absolutely. So first and foremost, before we even get into any of those things, your your baby is a person and it's really normal that they would be really different from each other. And, and we were kind of talking about this before we started recording is like the, the parents who struggle the most are those like third and fourth time parents who are like, no, I am a veteran parent. I am a champion of life. I know what I'm doing. It shouldn't be this hard. Why is it that hard? And it's it's not that you're doing anything wrong. It's like your play, your strategies need to be a little bit different based on that child. Sure. Okay. So that, that's part one. Part two is that people really, really focus on the environmental changes. And to be fair, like if even if you're listening to this podcast or, um, you know, I'm posting something, I'm probably going to talk a lot about easy things that can be changed. um, And that can make a difference. But when they're not when you've done all the environmental things, and they're still not working, then we have to jump into the behavior. So what I mean about those environmental things is people really focus on having their room in absolute blackout conditions, they buy the best white noise machine on the market, they download the Huckleberry app, and they are like, I am putting this baby down at two hours and five minutes based on this exactly. I am doing everything right. This baby still isn't sleeping. When you are doing all of the things, then we have to like roll back even farther. Okay, so these environmental changes aren't happening. They're not really helping my problem. And, you know, this is a majority of my discovery calls with people are people saying like, uh I I have like a $2000 nursery set up for sleep. I've got I've put up the mobile. I've taken the mobile down. I've had music. I stopped playing music. I like I've done all the things what is going on. It's it's that th- th- those environmental changes are complements to a behavior. So if you think of yourself going to a hotel um you know, are you going to fall asleep at the hotel? Yes. Is it better if they have blackout conditions and they've removed all the noise and they've removed all of the the blue lights? Yeah, you're going to have an even better, deeper sleep in that case. But it's not if you don't know how to sleep or if you're an insomniac in the first part, that hotel isn't going to make anything better for you. So then we have to think about, okay, if the baby isn't sleeping, is there a behavior there that the baby is relying on outside of himself in order to fall asleep? So those are things like rocking, shushing, patting, soothers, um, breastfeeding, all of those things. And, you know, definitely, I don't really think they listen to my podcast, so I don't know who I'm talking to when I make these disclaimers. But if you are doing these things and you're enjoying them and you don't mind that your baby has those behaviors, then I don't think that there's any reason you need to change anything. And and you don't really have to worry about what I'm saying, okay? But if, if you know, like when I said behaviors, you kind of nodded your head. If there is a behavior that your baby is relying on to fall asleep, then they're just coming by the wakings, honestly. Because sleep is so behavioral. Um, your baby is saying, okay, thank you. You've helped me to sleep. Thank you very much. And then, like you said, I don't know about sleep cycles. What the hell is the sleep cycle? Well, the sleep cycle is this, you know, thing that we do. And then we, it means that we wake up several times a night. Right. Um, And, uh, you know, I'm I'm actually hoping more people listen to this because I I do explain this all in my uh, episode called the four-month regression regression is shit, but then nobody wants to listen to it if their baby isn't four months. So I think I need to relabel it. They're like, no, no, no. My baby is eight months. like, no, but you got to listen to it. (laughs) Okay, good, good. It, It just explains the whole like behavior aspect of that, that, you know, I have a client right now that I'm working with. They're like, oh, you know, I can't figure out why this baby still cries. We've sleep trained. Why does the baby cry half an hour every time? Well, for me, I don't know what it is right yet, but I know that there is a behavior present that we need to to change at some point. So then I do like a full um, evaluation and then we work at removing that behavior. Within two days, we went from 30 minutes of crying to three, which is pretty significant. So we want to make sure that um, we, once we've like, Okay. Bam. We've got this, uh, down little interjection for my husband. (laughs) This is pandemic times, by the way, we have, uh, we have our four-year-old home today because Friday her older sister had a runny nose. So then we have to go get a COVID test. It's negative. And then they basically said like, If any of you get this, you'll know what it is. We won't test you. It's just so now she has the runny nose. So now we have to monitor her for 24 hours to make sure that her runny nose doesn't get worse or turn into something and then she can be at school. But for now, it just means I'm a snack queen. I'm a professional snack producer. Um, iPad charger. (laughs) And my husband and I are like running in and out, running out. Anyway, okay. So back to that behavior. The only way for sleep to change is when we remove that behavior and the behavior becomes internalized instead of externalized. So if you think about your way that you fall asleep, like I always fall asleep in the exact same way every night. And so when a baby isn't connecting those cycles at night or taking those short naps or crying every time they they go to sleep, it generally means that they're waiting out for that thing to come, right? And so the easy thing is for me to say, okay, stop doing that thing to help your baby to sleep. But what happens when we do, well, they cry. And then that becomes a decision, right? Like, all right, am I okay with some crying? Um, Do I have a plan for when the crying happens? Um, And is there a way around it? And I would say, honestly, no, that like it there's a, there's a multimillion dollar industry of people saying yes, but I'm just going to say <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> they usually come back to me. There are, I mean, this sounds so smug and I, and I'm so like in my heart, I'm pure in intentions. And I really hope that like if there is a way to do this without crying, I would be doing it and I would be recommending it. I'm trying to reduce the amount of tears as soon as possible, but it's just, it's so impossible. Like going back to the idea that your child is a human, your child is a human who, that's developed it a, a, like a, a habit or a, a certain set of ways that they would like to go to sleep. Just like me, if you took away my pillow, if you took away, if I can't sleep with, um, my little like huggy pillow, which is a part of my sleep dance. I can't sleep well. I don't cry because I'm 38, but I might if I was <laughs> six months, right? Like it does make sense. So so talk to me a little bit about that. I want to know your feelings on the cry thing, what your behavior is. Go ahead. So um his behavior
1: is a soother um okay. if he he's and I know that. If he has a soother in his mouth, I can put him in his crib he's in a zippity zip um yep. I put him in his crib and he'll then like I put him in his crib fully awake I we have a whole routine I nurse him before we read books and everything like that yeah. so I'm trying to take away as much of those pieces as possible and then yeah. cross the last bridge when needed.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, no, no. You're so, this is so good because Nikki, I, people will say to me all the time, Amanda. So let's say they, they call me and they're like, okay, my baby uses a soother. I bounce them. I breastfeed them all at the same time. And then oh, I gosh. put them down <laughs> and then, oh God, that's even like mild. I've heard some crazy things. So I'm like, okay. And then I'm like, all right, we're going to remove that. And they're like, but all at once, there are three things. And I say, okay, this will take you months because eventually sure. it's, it gets to the last – thing there's a, if there's something helping your kids sleep we could do fine let's do it one at a time one at a time one at a time one at a time, at a time. eventually your baby will cry at right. the last part sounds like you've got to the last part now it's just the soother and and there's no halfway we can't put the soother in halfway so. and take it out I've read I've read right? some stuff about it
1: I've, I've looked into it and yeah <laughs> And there was a couple of people yeah. who have blogged about like you put them down and when they're just about to fall asleep, pull their soother out. I'm like, um, yeah, that's not gonna work, and it doesn't. Trust well,
0: me, <laughs> no, it doesn't. Well, because then we we ignoring that like sleep um, science of a sleep cycle, which is. We are we are also told as new parents, drowsy but awake. Right. And drowsy but awake is a great sol- solution or step one for newborn babies. So if you are doing that and you have a newborn, that's a great step one. But step two is after that four-month time or after they've gone through that fourth leap and their sleep has changed. And we have those two new additions of those drowsy sleep psych- or the stages of sleep within their cycle you <laughs> Baby starts to remember that. So even if you take it out, they're still going to wake up being like, oh, I want the thing that got me eyes closed yeah. because that is what we do. We don't go to bed drowsy, but awake. Right. We go to bed awake, awake. We make ourselves drowsy doing our weirdo turns and flips and tw- twists, right? right? That's And so when we wake up in the middle of the night, it's so easy to do that twist again and go back to sleep. Mm-hmm. But for him, he's like, oh bring it back I need that thing or parents will say I just hold them until they're calm but if we are doing that until they're calm they are looking to get to calm in the middle of the night Mm -hmm. you know what I mean yeah so (laughs) it seems to me like it it, every uh, what I'll say and in how I'd love to sort of like finalize this for you is that Everything your second child is doing is so normal and okay and not abnormal. And even like, you know, um, I see all this like anti-sleep training stuff about people being like, let's normalize infant sleep. It's like, no, No. like let's, (laughs) it's a matter of, of yes, that's so normal, but can you do it? Like, do we live in, in a time where we can live through normalized infant sleep? Mm -hmm. So if your choice is, I would prefer to like, help my child sleep through that, then I honor that and that's okay. And you can do that. What he's doing is normal. If we want to provide the opportunity for him to learn, there will be crying. You'll have to- take it out, he'll cry. That's where it's um, hard to directly be like, this is what we're gonna do because that requires more of a personalized finesse um, approach from me. But if you didn't want to hire me, you can find something on the internet somewhere that's like, this is what you're gonna do and you're gonna have that plan even if you and your partner want to be like, okay, it's the light of day it's 12 p.m. or it's 5 p.m. both of us are conscious humans. Let's talk about what we're going to do in the middle of the night. Let's going to talk up let's talk about what we're going to do when the crying happens because at 3 a.m. when that crying happens, you will not make a good decision. I wouldn't make a good decision. I still don't.
1: <laughs> so we've done one night of like cry it out ferber.
0: Okay? Um, thing and that's like time checks right yeah um yeah for those of you who aren't familiar with so I did
1: it on a night where I sent my daughter to uh my parents over the weekend okay and just because I didn't want because she gets so emotional for him that she's like I need to go get my baby like (laughs) um, yes so I made sure she was out of the house, but it also happened to be on a night that my husband was working. Um, so mm-hmm. I was all by myself <laughs> um, yes. with some wine. And um, <laughs> <laughs> and I had to FaceTime <laughs> a girlfriend the entire time. And once he fell asleep at one point, he like fell asleep like this, and like he just looked defeated, and then I started to cry because of that. Um, but what, yeah. I, th- I felt like it was too much for me and I think it was too much yeah. for me on my own. Um, yes. because I know that totally. my husband's <laughs> is totally he's like, he's fine. He's not going to remember. He still loves you. Like he's fine. Um, yeah. whereas I'm like, he's traumatized. Um, so I'm not made, traumatized. No, <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> um, I made sure to do it the entire night though, because mm-hmm. I didn't. I mean, I don't know how logic this, how much logic this has to it, but um, I made sure to do it the whole entire night because I didn't want him to have such a setback in terms of, well, he knows yeah. that once he cries, I'm going to get him. So I yeah. wanted to, like, bookend it at least.
0: And yep. I don't yep.
1: know if that makes sense, but to me it makes no. sense.
0: No. Yeah, I would say that makes a lot of sense. And I think, you know, the way I describe it to people is babies are really excellent learners. Mm-hmm. So ideally, if if we do things really consistently, and, and like, side note to everyone, um, what Nikki does with her baby worked in that particular thing you know i'm always conscious of people um taking like overnight suggestions on this podcast and then like applying them. And then like, I don't know anything about their baby and their baby still needs to eat twice or something. And then it gives me anxiety. So always speak to your doctor before making any sleep changes or a sleep consultant first. Um, side note, disclaimer. Okay. (laughs) So what I will say is, um, yeah, like babies are really great learners. So if you are saying like, okay, I know that you're going to cry on the onset, the crying would be really normal for, you know, one to three days. And then after that, when things aren't as stressful or hard anymore for him, he's not going to cry as much. So the crying doesn't last. That's the other thing. When you do it right, it doesn't last. On the opposite side, if a baby is crying, 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 and then we help them to sleep, we give back the pacifier, we're accidentally teaching them something new. Okay, we're going to do a thing where you cry for an hour, then I give you a pacifier. So then they don't really care about the crying. They're like, okay, cry, 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 Okay, there's pacifier. Thank you. And then that will be the new thing that they do. So then parents will be like, oh, no, they won't go back to sleep. This is something that parents say to me all the time. No, 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 they won't. I tried for an hour. They won't. And it's like, oh, well, it might take longer for an hour for that particular baby. Um, You know, ideally not. Uh, But sometimes that does happen. Um, But I think that it does sound like without knowing everything that sounds like the right move for me night one and then it should get progressively easier as you go through you'll also want to make sure that you're doing a little um, sleep inventory how does my child fall asleep during naps how do they fall asleep for night if they are different there's a risk of that crying to continue so if there's any sort of um inconsistency with like people will say naps are different from nighttime. I disagree. It's like there's no reason why those behaviors need to be different. And and quite honestly, when they are, there's more crying. So if we really want that crying to stop and we hate it, then we got to kind of make everything consistent. Or like you said on your thing, like I felt really like it was too much for me. I didn't want to do it. I think that's a good enough reason just not to like to to survive until it does feel like maybe you have more support. We pick a, a weekend where your husband is home. We know what the outcome is going to be, but it, there, you also need to feel like there's a reason for doing it. You right. know what I mean? Like, and I always tell parents, you know, we'll get on a discovery call and they're like, Oh, I just don't want to do it. I'm like, you're not ready. You're not yeah. tired enough. <laughs> like, don't do it. I don't want you to do it either. Cause that'll feel like hell.
1: Yeah. like
0: sleep training is there and and some babies he might pick it up on his own with time but if he's not and you're really freaking tired it's okay to jump in and, and get it done over a weekend mm-hmm.
1: and so like if we were to pull that behavior so if we were to pull that soother it's indefinite like not back for for naps or car rides <sighs>
0: I, you can, so I always say for soothers, like you can have it during the day. I would really avoid it for sleep. And honestly, when you sleep train, I always say it's like the, the bonus is that you car train too. So babies will get over their car hating behavior because they know how to soothe themselves in the car. Right. You can, but if you really, really need to in the car, go for it. I would just avoid it for sleep at home in the crib. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All (laughs) right. No, I just you're doing to work everything up the right. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I well, this is why I love doing this um, podcast in this way because you're everybody, right? It's like don't feel pressure to sleep train, don't feel pressure to not sleep train. Do what feels good to you in your body at that moment. Do what feels like this is what makes me feel good as a parent and that we're doing the right thing. And that is always the right decision. Um, So, you know, if you're listening and you are on the fence, then you're just not ready. Um, That being said, if you're really, 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 really tired um, and you're not sure how how you're feeling, give yourself to try it for three days um, and you'll see a huge, huge difference. And sometimes it's about having like one really good night of sleep and you're like oh this is amazing I feel good they wake up they will so even that night that you tried it did he wake up and hate you no <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: but I was kind of waiting no. for it like I was, I was when I you're went like into you. when I went into the room I was like hey buddy. <laughs> and he's like, hey. And
0: he's like, hey. Yeah. He still I loves love me. you. He still loves me. Best. We are still connected <laughs> because it would be bananas. Think about like the amount of times I'd be like, okay, great. My kid is showering. This is awesome. I'm going to go shower. I come out and they're screaming. I'm like, oh God, how long has it been? Like stuff happens and babies cry and we can't hurt them. Yeah. Nikki, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much um, for having Guys, me. if you... My pleasure. Uh, If you are struggling, if you uh, want that extra support, um, actually, that is something we provide. We are text messaging live with you night one from 730 until your baby falls asleep um, to get you through those hard times. So if you don't have that phone a friend option, we can be your phone a friend option, especially in COVID times. Definitely necessary. Um, And if you do think you want that extra support, head over to babiesbestsleep.com for blog, uh, you can have it over to instagramcom Sleep for my Instagram. All my tips and tricks are there. Uh, if you do want to get on a call with a member of our team, uh, you can do so at babysbestsleep.com. We can do a little uh, discovery call with you, see how things are going, and tell you what next steps are. Until next time, everybody. Thank you so much.